So love brought hope. What does this mean for you and I? You also don't want to miss next week's topic, how love brought healing. You don't want to miss this. Brother Manny is going to give us that message next Wednesday. See, but most people would define hope as something like wishful thinking. What do I mean by this? Well, we tend to use the word hope in sentences such as, well, I hope we have good weather tomorrow. Or I hope I have good traffic going home from work. Or maybe I hope my team wins. <laughs> we use hope in, in this kind of fashion. But the truth is, is that we have no, con that we have no control over the weather tomorrow. We don't even, we're uncertain about the weather in the next hour. Anything can happen. We're uncertain about traffic. When you leave work, you have no idea what you're going to be facing. You may have an idea, but you're not certain. In regards to your team winning, <laughs> you're definitely not sure that your team is going to win. Especially if you're a, I won't even say it. <laughs> no way. I want to keep friends tonight. You guys can stay my friends this evening. <laughs> you're uncertain about these things. And so when we use hope in these kind of, in this kind of, with this kind of mentality and this kind of definition, well, here's the issue, is that the issue is when we take this false definition of hope into our hope in Christ. Now we have an issue. See, because that same hope where you say, I hope this and this happens or this and this doesn't happen, you are uncertain about it. Just like I said with traffic. You're uncertain about it. You might even, you might even lose peace about it. What am I going to face? I just want to get home. But when we take this false definition of hope into our relationship with God, and we start to use this as far as our hope in Christ, oh, we get messed up. Because we tend to think that it's going to be no different with God. How can I have any kind of certainty in this hope when all the things that I've hoped for before left me hurting, left me disappointed? How is this hope in Christ going to be any different? Pastor, I've heard this message before, but what is it? How does this change my life? We cannot allow our hope in Christ just to be a matter of wishful thinking. See, the hope. that we have in God, we can't look at it and say, well, I, I hope God comes through in this situation. Mm. 
I hope God moves in this and in this. See, because we got to be careful to not put God in a category where he can quite possibly be unfaithful. Why? Because God cannot be unfaithful. God can only be faithful, his word says. And so when we, when we say things like, well, I sure hope God does this and God does that. No, you need to be certain that God is going to do this that God is going to work this out in your life. You need to have all certainty that God is who he says he is and that all he can be is faithful. 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul says this and he says, if we are unfaithful, he remains faithful. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. He says, for he cannot deny who he is. See, hope may be used by you and I as a wishful thinking here on earth, but God's word describes hope as something totally different. God's word describes hope as a confident assurance. A confident assurance that his word promises if we commit to living for him. We can, that his word will hold true to its promises. If you and I would just live a life for Christ, if you and I would decide to surrender your, your will and, and, and your plans and your desires and allow God to direct you, Allow God to point you in the right direction. Allow him to keep you from being hurt. Nobody here wants to be hurt. But there's times when we want to do things our way. But we have to remember and understand that doing things our way doesn't really end well for us. Remember that the next time the enemy tries to, tries to convince you otherwise. Oh, you just need this. You just need to do this. No, no, I know, I know what it was like doing things on my own. I need God to direct me. I need to seek God to see what his plan is for my life and his will. I want to stay in his will. How many of you want to stay in God's will for your life? Amen. See, hope is so vital to our lives. If you live life without hope, well, you're living a hopeless life. Isn't that what it is? Life without hope is hopeless. And this is sadly what many people are living right now. They're living a hopeless life. Why? Because they're not living with hope. They have this wishful thinking hope that they're living with. I hope this goes good for me. I hope that this, does, that, that this portion of my life doesn't last too long. I hope that it just passes. And they live with this wishful thinking hope. But how many know that that is not true hope? 
That is not the hope that God desires for you and I to live with. Job writes this in Job 7, verse 6. Job says these words, and he says, My days are swifter than a weaver's shuttle. He says, and they come to an end without hope. Those times when we find ourselves feeling hopeless, we encounter what seems to be hopeless situations in our lives. You need to remember who you serve. You need to remember, remember who you are a child of. What family you belong to. Oh man, you need to remember this. Because your father is the creator of the heavens and the earth. He's even the creator of the naysayers. He is. He created them. The, non, the, the unbelievers, God created them too, and God loves them. God hasn't forgotten about them. God is seeking them. And you know how he seeks them? Through us. God uses his children to bring the unbeliever to him. He does this in how we live, not just with our words, but in how we live. Our example to them, what are they seeing through us? See, God didn't send his son Jesus Christ just so that we can live hopeless lives. <laughs> Contrary to what the world, the, the world may say, that's not what happened here. See, Jesus died for us so that we can live for him. He died for you and I so that you and I can live. Can live. So that we don't have to die in our sin, but that we can live for him. Paul writes this in Romans 8, 24, and he says this. He says, if we, if we already have something, we don't need to hope for it. Isn't that true? But if we look forward to something we don't, that we don't have yet, we must wait patiently. Say that with me, patiently. And confidently. Say that confidently. God wants you to wait patiently and confidently if it's something that you're still seeking him for. See, Christmas is this coming weekend, as I mentioned. Many gifts will be given. I know my kids, when they got the Amazon Christmas toy book in the mail, I guess it was my fault for showing them the book. <laughs> I should have just threw it in the trash. My little ones went through it, and they were so happy. They were circling everything they wanted in that book. And, and, and it brought back to remembrance when I was that age. And I remember getting those books. I remember, uh, uh, and this may have been where I lived, because we lived near a service merchandise. I don't know if you ever remember the service merchandise back in the day stores. They came out with this huge book that they would send out every year for Christmas. And it was, I mean, it had to have been maybe like 500 pages or maybe even more of all the things they had in their store. And I remember getting that book and, and that book went with me everywhere. It would have went to school with me if my parents let me. 
And I remember looking in that book and always, always looking at the things that I wanted. You know, basketball, football, jerseys, all these things. A bat, you know, all these, all these sports things. I was, I, I, I was always interested. I love sports. And I remember growing up uh, uh, into teenage years, I remember uh, one of the hot items that, that came out, uh, I don't know why, but it was uh, called Tickle Me Elmo. Remember that? Remember Tickle Me Elmo? Back in like the mid-90s or something like that? <laughs> How this toy became a Christmas uh, a, a thing to buy, a craze, is beyond me. And I was a teenager, and I watched as all these little kids wanted to tickle me Elmo. I mean, it got crazy. Where these toys sold out, that where, where they were normally around, like, I think around like $30 normally. Parents were paying like up to $1,500 for this toy. It was insane. All because their kids wanted it. And I think of, wow, all these great lengths that people would go to get something that their kids wanted. You know, parents would even, parents I'm sure were buying like knockoff Tickle Me Elmos. You know, I'm sure they, they you know, maybe their kids couldn't read yet. So like Elmo was like A-L-M-O, you know, like, wasn't even spelled right. <laughs> They'll never know. <laughs> Maybe you were guilty of doing that. I don't know. See, but you could imagine, you could imagine a child holding that Tickle Me Elmo doll. And they have it in their hands. Their parents got it for them. And while they're carrying it in their hands, they say, you know, I hope I get a Tickle Me Elmo this Christmas. Wouldn't you look at that kid like he's lost his mind? What are you talking about? You have it in your hand. Well, the Bible was saying, Paul was saying that you don't hope for the things that you already have. Why? Because you have them already. See, the things that you hope for are those things that you are confidently uh, uh, expecting God to do in your life. Those things that God has promised to you. Those promises that, are it, that, that you find in God's word. Those promises that God gives to you specifically through the Holy Spirit. And God speaks to you. And he promises you. And you hold on to it. You see, it's that hope, God says, that you are to hold on to. Paul says it's that, it's that hope that we look forward to. Why? Because we are living a life for Christ. Look at what Paul writes in Romans 15, 13. He says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. So we're going, to look at, we're going to look at this evening, what hope did Jesus bring to you and I? Number one is he brought the hope of, re, of redemption. Paul writes in Romans 8 that in this hope of redemption, we were saved. We were saved because the power of redemption. 
Paul also wrote this in Ephesians 2, verse 12 and verse 19. He says, remember that in those days, he says, remember that in those days you were living utterly apart from Christ. Remember those days, church, when you were uh, before Christ, when you were doing things your own way and you were living life your own way, however you thought was pleasing to you? Paul says, remember that in those days you were living utterly apart from Christ. You were enemies of God's children. It says, and he had promised you no help. He says, you were lost without God, without hope. And then in verse 19, Paul writes this, and he says, now you are no longer strangers to God. Someone say, thank you, Jesus. He says, you are no longer strangers to God and foreigners to heaven, but you are members of God's very own family, citizens of God's country, and you belong in God's household with every other Christian. He says, this is where you were, and this is where you are now. Why? Because the hope of redemption. That's what Jesus brought to you and I. The hope that God uh, uh, can and will redeem us. See, the only question here is, are you willing to choose him? That's the only question. See, the question doesn't lie, can God do it? It's not a matter of, does he want to redeem you? That isn't even on the table. The question is, do you want to be redeemed? Do you want God to save you? That's the only question here, church. Unbeliever, if you're watching here tonight, that's the question that God leaves with you. Do you choose to allow him to redeem you? See, hope in Christ, it helps us to live now. Not just after, which we're going to get into, but now. How is that? Well, hope for the present that we are not alone. Amen? You and I are not alone. It doesn't matter how you feel. It doesn't matter what you see in the mirror. It doesn't matter if you talk and no one responds. You are not alone. You're not alone. God is there. Know that you are loved and have purpose. We have hope for the future that Christ has prepared a place for you and I, don't we? Do any of you have hope in that? Hope that even over the past and that God's power is greater than our failures and bad decisions. Hebrews 6 and verse 18 says this, God has given us both his promise and his oath, two things we can completely count on, for it is impossible for God to tell a lie. Now all those who flee to him to save them can take new courage. I like that. 
You can take new courage when they hear such assurances from God. Now they can know without doubt that he will give them the salvation he has promised them. And this certain hope of being saved is a strong and trustworthy anchor for our souls. You see, Paul compares the redemptive power of Christ uh, to, uh, to an anchor, an anchor which, which provides uh, stability for a great big ocean vessel. It keeps that vessel from being taken, from being taken by the waves of the sea, of the ocean current. It keeps it grounded. And just as that anchor holds that large vessel in the crashing sea grounded, Paul says that our hope in Christ does the exact same thing for us. It's going to keep you grounded. It's going to be an anchor for your soul, Paul says. You have to remember what that hope in, in Christ does for you and I, because it has great rewards. We love rewards. I know we do. And there's great rewards in hope in Christ. I'll tell you that right now. See, when the believer talks about hope, we don't mean a desire that may or may not be fulfilled. Our hope is certain. Our hope for forgiveness, for reconciliation with God, it rests on the finished work of Jesus Christ. It's for certain. Not only did Jesus bring us the hope of redemption, but he also brought us the hope of his return. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11 says this, For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to some people. That's not what God's word says. Hopefully you caught that. No. For the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. All people. Doesn't matter where you come from. To all people, God offers salvation. It says it teaches us to say no to ungodliness. When's the last time you said no to ungodliness? Man, we need to say that more often. We need, to, we, need to, we need to say no to the things of the world. Straight out. Just say no. Hey, you want to go here with us to go party? Uh, no. You want to go with us after work? We're going to have a good time. No. Because you know what they're all about. Hey, can we throw a party at your house? And you know, you know what they're going to bring to your house. No, it's not happening. We need to say no to ungodliness. Hey, watch this on TV. No, no, I'm not going to allow that into my home. I'm not going to allow those, those, that, those spirits into my marriage. I'm not going to allow those spirits to, to try to latch themselves onto my children. We need to say no more often, don't we? It's 
says, say no to ungodliness. Say no to worldly passions. He says, and to live, instead, we need to live self-controlled. We need to live upright. And we need to live godly lives in this present age while we wait for this, the blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. See, the hope that Jesus Christ is coming back for his church. See, hope produces joy and hope produces peace in our lives. These are some of the rewards that come with hope in Christ. Joy, if you want joy in your life, well, trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord. You're going to have joy. I guarantee it. If you're missing that peace right now, put your hope in God. Put your hope in him. He's going to give you peace. Why? Because it's a reward. It's a byproduct of that hope in him. So while we hope in the Lord, we can live with that joy and that peace here, right now. Right now. You don't have to wait for this. This is amazing. You could have it right now where you're sitting. You could experience that joy and that peace right where you're at right now. It doesn't matter what, you, what, what took place in your life today. You could experience it right now. It's not for later. It's right now. Can you imagine the excitement when those believers encountered the risen Christ? Can you imagine? They're probably thinking, what? There's no way. I saw him crucified on that cross. I know he said he was coming back, that he was going to raise himself after the third day, but I still can't believe this. This is amazing. I've never seen anything like this in my life. I saw him crucified. How did he do this? How is it possible? Can you imagine their reactions? Can you imagine their faces when they saw the risen Christ walking to them? But Jesus says, this isn't the end because I go to my father right now and I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back from my church. And we're going to, and my father and I are going to live eternally with you. Those that want to be, those that want to be with him are going to be with him. And he says, you know what, and, and, and now I, I leave you a down payment on your life. I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. That's a down payment that says you're mine. You're mine. God loves you so much that he has sent you the Holy Spirit to help you to get to heaven, to keep you to comfort you and to guide you. He says, this is my down payment for you. Even though I've already, I've already sent my son as the, as, the, as the full payment over your life, this is just to further let you know that I'm coming back for you, that I will never leave you nor forsake you. You keep fighting. You keep persevering. Why? Because you're God's. You're his. You belong to him. He belongs to you and I. Jesus also gave us the hope of eternal life. 
Psalm 16, verse 8, says I, would, says, I am always thinking of the Lord. And because he is so near, I never need to stumble or fall. Heart, body, and soul are filled with joy. Other translations say filled with hope. It says, for you will not leave me among the dead. You will not allow your beloved one to rot in the grave. You have let me, you have let me experience the joys of life and the exquisite pleasures of your own eternal presence. Here we have David speaking. David's giving a prophecy of what is to come of Jesus Christ that is going to be giving his life. David says, I know that you're with me. I know you are. But I am full of hope because I know that not only is your presence with me now, but that it will be with me forever and ever and ever and ever. Why? Because we have the hope of eternal life. 1 Peter 1, 3 says, All honor to God, the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for it is, for it is his boundless mercy that has given us the privilege of being born again, so that we are now members of God's own family. Now we live in the hope of eternal life because Christ rose again from the dead. And God has reserved for his children the priceless gift of eternal life. It is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And God, in his mighty power, will make sure that you get there safely to receive it because you are trusting him. It will be yours in that coming last day for all to see. You see, nothing can destroy this hope. Why? Well, because it's stored in heaven. <laughs> That's why it can't be destroyed. Nothing in heaven decays. It doesn't get old. It doesn't expire. We don't age like we do here. He says, and I keep it in heaven for you. It's kept in heaven. It's safe. It's secure. I prepared a place for you. And don't have a mindset of, of, of the things that you see now, how the things around you are decaying, how the things around you are dying. You need to get out of that mindset, as Brother Dean Braxton told us. He says, everything around us is dying. Everything. But not in heaven. It's different there. We'll live forever. Everything lives forever. Paul talks to the Colossians in Colossians 1.4, and he says that their faith in Jesus Christ and their love for all of God's people comes from their confident hope of what God has reserved for them in heaven. It says that their love for God, I'm sorry, their faith in Jesus Christ and their love for all of God's people 
comes from that hope. So here we go again. Not only does hope, does hope in Christ bring joy and peace, but it also brings, it also helps us to, to uh, have faith in, in Christ Jesus and helps us to love people. And lastly here, Jesus not only came to bring hope, he is our hope. Jesus is hope. Paul opens his writing of 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 1 as the worship team comes forward this evening. He says, by saying this, that he is Paul, this is Paul speaking, that he is a missionary of Jesus Christ, our only hope. He also describes Jesus in Titus 2 verse 13 as our blessed hope. This is who Paul says Jesus is. He is our only hope. He is our blessed hope. See, Jesus is our hope so that the thirsty, as the Bible says, can have that fountain that never runs dry. Amen? If you thirst for the Lord, it says you will, you will never thirst again because when you, when you take from that fountain, it's never going to run out. You will never want again. Why? Because it is going to keep flowing in your life. Our hope in Jesus Christ that the lost may find their way. That the weak will be made strong. This is our hope in Christ, church. That the wounded will be healed tonight. And that the dead may live again. That the dead may live again. See, the enemy just seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. Destroy everything, not just life here, but your soul. The enemy wants to take your soul. The enemy knows where he's going. He came against God Almighty. And he knows what his destiny is now. And he wants to take as many people as he can with him. But you can't opt for that. You can't settle for that. Don't settle for, for just living right now what you may think living is. Because living without God is not living at all. I leave you the words of Paul in Romans 15, 13, as, you, as we read earlier. And he says, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in him. See, God, he is the source of hope. And that hope is our anchor. Church, it's our anchor. It's what's going to keep you grounded. When everything around you seems like it's crashing over you, like that boat in the ocean, that anchor of hope is going to secure you 
It's going to ground you so that you are not pulled by the currents. You are not taken out to the sea and left to die. But God says that that confident hope is going to be that anchor. And even though the waves come crashing against you, you are going to be grounded in him. Thank you, Jesus, because your hope is in him. That's amazing. That's amazing, church. That should excite you. That should motivate you. That should compel you to tell others. Let God be the anchor for you. You say you're going through this and this and you need help. Let God help you. You say you're living without joy. Let God bring that joy into your life. You say you can't find peace. You try this and you try that. You can't find satisfaction. Let God fill that in your life. love brought hope and I'm so thankful I'm so thankful for that hope in Christ thankful for it wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Jesus Christ you wouldn't be here if it wasn't for him tonight we need to give God praise amen let's give him praise tonight as we thank him for hope that is only found in him as we thank him for being the source. Lord, you are the source of our hope, Lord. Lord, we worship you and we worship you alone. Lord, open the eyes right now. Open the eyes of the unbeliever, Lord, to see that you are the only way, Father. You are the only way, Lord. You are the only way to salvation. You are the only way to the Father. You are the only way to redemption. You have the redemptive power. Lord, to, to redeem us from the grip of the enemy. We pray this right now. Lord, have your way, Lord, over this nation, Lord. Over this nation right now, that they would, that they would come bow to you, Lord. That they would submit to you, Lord. That they would cry out to you. That they would cry out to you, Lord. That they would accept you have to offer as every head is bowed every eye closed